Hello and welcome back to Giant Talk. I'm Roger, the host of Giant Talk, and I'm uh, really excited today to be joined by Sarah Jacqueline, who, full transparency, is actually one of our fantastic associates, but she brings with her quite an interesting set of skills and uh, bundle of experience around something which I particularly want to learn more about, and I'm sure those of you who share an interest in OKRs might also find what we're looking at today also quite interesting because I I get a sense there's hmm, a bit of complementary value that might be possible between the two. So what we're talking about today is design sprints. So anyway, welcome, Sarah. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. (laughs) Very well. Uh, So would you like to just tell the listeners a bit about yourself and what you've done and so on? Sure. Um, So I'm Sarah and um, yeah, I am a facilitator and I facilitate lots and lots of different workshops. Um, But one of the things that I have particular specialism in is design sprints and um, design sprints is a a fascinating process and one that I learned all about whilst working um, for a company called AJ and Smart who are based in Berlin. And um, they really pioneered design sprints for use in corporate organizations. And I worked with them for for a good few years, running design sprints for their clients and training people in how to do them themselves and have just fallen in love with them, really, as a fantastic (laughs) way to solve problems. Oh, fantastic. I can sense the passion from here. That's uh, (laughs) that's amazing. That's amazing. So, okay, let's dive in. Tell us a bit more about design sprints then. Okay, so a design sprint is basically a way of answering business critical questions. Um, And it's done by working collaboratively in groups through a series of workshops. And these workshops are highly structured and very tightly facilitated Uh over a number of days, uh, normally done within four days, which is intense. Wow. um, And it's fun. Um, But it's absolutely fantastic way of coming up with solutions to very, very important problems. Um, and the aim of it, the, the the whole purpose for doing it is to make sure that the work that you're doing is the right work to solve a customer or a right. user need okay. to, to solve their problem um, and to build a solution that really fits the customer's need. Okay, so it puts the customer or the user right at the center of the process, right it at the does. heart of the process. It and it, it and it sounds like a very sophisticated problem-solving process. It is. It's exactly what it is. Um, and, you know, as soon as you start talking about solving user needs and using user needs as a, as a central concept, really you're, you know, you're straight away jumping into the world of design thinking, aren't you? That That's mm, what the mm. whole, um, the whole methodology is based on. Um, and actually often there's quite a lot of confusion between design thinking and design sprints. You know, are they the same thing? What, what exactly is it? And I always, um, I always talk about design sprints as being a solution to 
the aim of design using design thinking. So think of it like this. So design thinking says that you should use or, or that you should solve problems by thinking about what your user needs. Okay. And it says yeah. that you go through five stages to do that. You observe, you define, you ideate, you prototype, and you test. Right. So that's great. But what it doesn't tell me is how the hell I should do that. You know, how do I do those five things? So yeah. what, what the design sprint does is it tells you exactly how to do it. So think of it like this. This is a lovely, lovely way of thinking about it. You might be a huge fan of French cooking. Yeah. Right? Love French cuisine. Maybe. I don't mind the old beef bourguignon. <laughs> Okay. Well, what a design sprint does is gives you the perfect recipe for beef bourguignon. Okay. Rather than just telling you that French cooking is wonderful. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah. it gives you the recipe. It gives uh, you the step by step instructions to follow to achieve design thinking within your organization. So the team that's working through it can get busy on cooking up a great solution. Exactly, exactly. Right. Um, so, right. it, you know, it's, um, it, it's fantastic because what it does is give you those step-by-step -step instructions. And it's a process that was invented by a guy called Jake Knapp um, when he was uh, working at Google Ventures. So yeah. they used it very much in the arena of startups. Right. So to test and to validate ideas, to see whether they were worth investing in, right. whether they were really meeting a, a user need. Um, but what then happened was that corporates and organizations that already exist and that have products and services that already exist wanted to harness that power that it was giving them of, of that way of validating ideas. Yeah. And so the design sprint is now not only used in the world of startups, but also used in established organizations and businesses that are wanting to introduce new products or services or are wanting to um, make existing things better and do it very, very quickly. Right. Okay. So it's kind of bring, it's interesting you say that it was used by Google Ventures um, to sort of assess uh, and, and uh, a, an opportunity and also potentially, you know, to get it off the ground because it does feel like something which is very sort of startup orientated, you know, and it's all about the lean enterprise, isn't it, at that stage? And, you know, you, you've got to, uh, you, you, you've got to get up and running quickly. You haven't got much resource. You need to get to market as, as swiftly as possible and you can't afford to have a miss. And it, I, I think it's really interesting that corporates are, um, uh, using, this type of methodology now, you know, the usually the uh, preserve of bureaucracy and, you know, glacial speed of action. Yet this is something that really just sort of turns this, turns it, turns that on its head and really, you know, breaks through that. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's all part of this embracing of, 
agile, small a, um, as a yeah. as a concept, being able to move quickly, turn that ship, um, pivot, flex, do what needs to be done in different market conditions um, to meet that very quick change of, of priority. Right. Um, and that's what's really difficult within corporations. But that's where it gets really exciting when you start to see systems joining together and processes joining together. And that's where I've been so excited as I've started my journey learning about OKRs, because this is where I can start to see it's, it's like the pieces of a jigsaw fitting yeah. together. Yeah. So when you start to take these different processes and put them together within corporations and organizations, you can yeah. see how powerful they are to bring that kind of structure that's needed to help them move in an agile way. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're running a design sprint, I mean, you said it lasts for what, four days. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's quite a time commitment. Yeah. Um, uh, who do you usually have in the room? Uh, it's a massive time commitment and that's always the biggest barrier um, yeah. is, is to get the uh, get the time commitment. But one of the things that is really important to understand about design sprints is what they are best used for. And right. they're best used for business critical challenges, um, things that are absolutely imperative to the success of an organization um, and normally something that's very high risk mm -hmm. um, so what i mean by that is you wouldn't use a design sprint on something that there's an obvious solution to because you would just go and right. do that you know you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't invest the time in it so what we're looking at is business critical high risk problems um, that need people to work together and that there's no obvious solution for so to do that what you need is you need the right people in the room and uh -huh. those people are normally senior people within an organization they're the people that have the authority to make decisions because what you don't want to do is leave the room from a design sprint show your working to somebody and then say and no way that we're yeah, not doing yeah, yeah. that, yeah, you know, yeah, because then you're yeah. back at square one. So the yeah. people that need to sign it off need to be in that room at right. that moment and part of the process. But most of the team would only be needed for the first two days of the process. And these would be people who, um, let's call them um, key stakeholders or mm -hmm. e experts, um, so you might have, for example, if you're working in a smaller organization, you might have your CEO, your your chief information officer, your chief customer officer, these people in that room bringing different perspectives from across the organization. Because remember, that's the, the whole point of the design sprint is that it's collaborative. It's everybody yeah. working together. So all those areas should be represented. Now, what you then have supporting them are um, a very experienced facilitator who can guide people through those exercises. Somebody like your good self. Somebody like my good self, yes. <laughs> um, 
And you then have um, somebody who is going to take charge of the prototype because the prototype is a really crucial part of this process. And that's where we're creating something that gives users a realistic idea of what a solution might look like, but it's not a final product. The prototype is only going to have one day to make this. So we're not really looking for things to be absolutely spot on in terms of the branding or button styles or all that kind of thing. We just want to make something that gives somebody an idea of how something mm-hmm. might might look or feel and, and the kind of way it's solving a problem. So we have somebody in the room that owns that. And then we also have somebody that's going to own the user testing because we're going to show this prototype to real users. So we we have an expert in the room who can handle all of those user testing requirements. Right. So right. that's your, that's your sort of core facilitation team is those three people. And then you would put um, between four and six experts into the room as well. Um, and those are the people that represent the business and can come together to give that holistic view of the challenge that's facing the right. business and can sign off for their business area in terms of um, the impact and, and the involvement um, right. and make okay. sure that their business area is represented. So it's a real cross-functional team. It is. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is. Yeah. It, kind, it kind of reminds me of... Um, uh, you know the product teams that we often see pulled together. In fact, I could, I can see how you know a product team can form out of a design sprint. Is that is that something that you you do see happen? A hundred percent, yes. Um, and the the team that should be in the sprint are the team who are really going to be responsible for making the solution happen. <laughs> Yeah, for, for bringing it to life within an organisation, right. and so that that's really a great way of judging who earns their place in the room. <laughs> because that's another thing with design sprints is that you absolutely do not want any passengers. Nobody should be in the room unless they're earning their place in the room. They they have to have a critical input that they're bringing, because otherwise they just get in the way. They they're just baggage and you don't need that (laughs) (laughs) ruthless but i can see why i can see why with it being a lean process absolutely we don't want any waste and you know people who don't need to be there is a form of waste isn't it it is a Um, form of okay yes so just i i want to go on in a second and ask about the uh, the 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 um, relationship, as you might say, between uh, OKRs and design yeah. sprints. But before I do, you mentioned that you need senior leaders, certainly decision makers, in the room. Yeah. And I'm just I'm curious because they spend such a long time thinking at really high level, you know, way above the clouds, right into the blue sky. <laughs> Doing this kind of process, I can imagine, pulls them right down to earth. Yeah. How do you usually see them react to that? What, what, 
I'm I'm curious because I can imagine it's, I can imagine some of them probably feel like, oh, it's quite a nice change, but others might actually feel quite like a fish out of water. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two two extreme responses that you get. Right. Um, You know, some some people in the design sprint process that – it's almost like a kid in a candy shop, you know, that they're, they're so excited. <laughs> they're just like, oh, my God, I've been waiting for this. I love this. And, you know, they're, they're spitting out all these crazy ideas all over the place. Um, and then you have the other people who just don't really know where to start. They're, they feel so far out of their comfort zone that they just don't really know what to do. And that's why... Um, the facilitation of it is so important because one of the things you're doing is looking for those responses and looking for how people are feel and how they're participating in the exercises yeah and helping them putting an arm around them and, and guiding them through it and it doesn't matter how senior somebody is they it, you're not necessarily guaranteed to get the behavior or the output that you might want from them. So yeah. your job is to guide them through that and to maybe bring them down a little bit if they are a little bit too excited and too giddy and to put an arm around them and help them help them if they're struggling. Um, but, yes, it, it, it's uh, it's always very interesting to see senior people put into this kind of a process because they often – don't get the opportunity to do it. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So go on then. Tell us about how you see OKRs and, and design sprints working together. <laughs> you threw that one at me, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> so go on then. Um, okay, so the way I see it and what I get so excited about is there's so much alignment uh at a conceptual level in terms of what's happening. So OKRs are all about bringing alignment across an entire business so that everybody's working to the same common goals to achieve the same high-level strategic objectives. The problem is that that requires collaboration. And more often than not, people don't know how to collaborate with the best will in the world. People come to work, they want to work together, they love their colleagues, or maybe they don't, but they they, they know they've got a job to do, but they just don't know how to do it. Mm. And the workshops that, um, that we run at, at There Be Giants are fantastic because they show people a framework for that collaboration and how to do that. And that's exactly what a design sprint's doing. It's that it's the same execution of a process for collaboration. Mm-hmm. But what it's also doing is helping people, and I'm talking about design sprints here, sorry, is a design sprint then helps organizations to take some of those next steps. So if, for example, an OKR session has resulted in a objective or a goal to 
create a new product or a new service or to yeah. grow exponentially, um, to do make some really dramatic changes. Yeah. A design sprint can then be used to very, very quickly start that process so that that momentum is carried on and the teams are able to execute using another process mm -hmm. that feels very familiar because mm -hmm. it uses a lot of the same exercises mm -hmm. as the OKR workshops. Okay, that's interesting. So if we if we're talking asking the chicken and the egg question here, it sounds like OKRs come first and then followed by design sprints. 100%, right, okay. Yes. And okay. and I would actually then add a third layer, Roger, just to just to com complicate things. Uh, or potentially not. But if we start with OKRs, that's the beginning of our journey. Yeah. Then we run a design sprint. Now, remember, Design Sprint isn't a silver bullet. It's not going to solve everything. It should only be used for the um, appropriate challenges. Um, but we go OKR, then we go Design Sprint, and then we fall into Agile Delivery. And I'm Agile with a capital A yeah. this time. Okay? So that's where we start um, running our, our sprints our delivery sprints using agile methodology and those three things together yeah are so complementary and fit so nicely together that organizations can implement these very very um succinctly and with synergy across mm -hmm. the organization mm -hmm. um so it's um it's it sounds overwhelming. Oh my God, we're going to do OKRs and we're going to do design sprints and we're going to do agile. It, it, it's a lot and it, and it sounds scary. But actually, once you get your head around it, they're really complementary processes that work. Yeah, together. yeah. I, I can see for, for what, what's, what's clicking for me in this is. You know, I, I rabbit on about how important it is to define your key results as outcomes, okay, not as actions. And that's and and this uh, really sort of links into that even 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 more because if you define an action, then there's no room for a design sprint. You know, someone uh, usually at a leadership level is telling others how to do it. That's that's simply what it is, but if you decide, define your key result as uh, as an outcome, you're leaving it wide open for whatever solution people can come up with to achieve that 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 uh, that particular result, and so that then leaves it wide open for the design sprint to come up and create whatever solution is is going to be the best one for that particular outcome. Absolutely. And that's where it's such a powerful set of complementary structures. Um, I, I love the uh, the visual that you, um, you've you shown me, Roger, of the, the dashboard of a car. 
And um, do, you, yeah. do you want to explain that? You can do a better job than I can now I've mentioned it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think most of our listeners are probably familiar with it. But, okay. you know, you've you, – so, so, no, 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 it's always good to revisit it. So you, you, your key performance indicators are your, your fuel gauge, your water temperature, or your battery charge nowadays. Um, so they tell you what you've got in the tank, uh, but they don't tell you what direction to go in. They just tell you how, how the health, if you will, of of the of the car at that particular given moment. It's your sat nav, which is your OKRs, because that's what shows you the path ahead. That's what gives you the waypoints to tell you you're on the right track, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if I was thinking of a design sprint, what the design sprint is then doing is designing the solution to get you there. So it's designing the vehicle or the method of transport. What's the most efficient, effective way to get you there, meeting all of your needs as a user. So it's about creating the solution to the goal. Mm -hmm. The thing which is just kind of uh, coming up for me as well at the moment, because we're getting a lot of clients now that are kind of, and this is as we move into, you know, more and more work with larger, larger organizations. Um, yeah, it can be a few of them have tried the three month cycles and they're starting to switch over to four months because they feel like, okay, it means one less reset every okay. 12 months, but it gives us a little bit more of a runway to, to get stuck into whatever it is we define. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking if we were to bring in design sprints to a, at the moment quarterly cycle mm-hmm. that's chipping away at the time for delivery even more and i can see if if this was to pick up and be embraced by a lot of our clients i can probably see more of them opting for four month cycles i think okay um, yeah. yeah i mean that makes sense the one of the things that often doesn't get talked about with design sprints is how much time it actually saves. Oh, right. <laughs> so, so, so people focus on how much time is needed to do the design sprint to get yeah. the people in the room and and, and how like I just how, did. Oh, exactly. And how hard it is <laughs> to spend four days working on something. Um, but and the um, there's some there's some fantastic uh, research being done um, by a, a, a former colleague of mine, Armour Carlafe from um, AJ and Smart, and he did his master's thesis into the ROI of design sprints, and he showed that actually on average there is at least a seven times time saving in running a design sprint. Wow. So that means that compared to a, a, a normal way of working, you will do something seven times faster if you start it with a design sprint. Wow. That's incredible. So when you think about actually how hard it is to get those people in a room for a couple of days versus the payoff from that, that's phenomenal. And that's something that really needs to be understood and talked about more. And the reason that it delivers that is because it tells you upfront whether the idea is going to work and is worth investing in rather 
than following um, a, a, an old way of working, starting a project, going through the process of starting it. You, you create some visuals, then you turn that into an actual, I'm, I'm thinking here of a sort of digital project, for example. It's yeah, like yeah. the easiest way to illustrate this. So we do some visuals, then we turn that into some early stage development. Then we do some more development and probably some more development. Like this can go on for months. <laughs> and then we put it in front of some users and they tell us, nah, that's not actually what I wanted. That, that's not solving my problem. Or even more likely, the environment has already changed and it's no longer necessary. Um, so all of those months and months of work have been wasted because you've either created something that the user didn't need in the first place or you've created yeah. something that they no longer need. And all those months of work by a development team and a design team goes straight in the bin. And what we're doing is using a process to take four days to test it, not four months or even four years. I've worked places where people have worked on things like this for years, um, but in just four days, working out whether something is worth doing and worth investing in. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So um, we, we, we're going to have to wrap up in, the ne in a few minutes, but I'd love to um, just hear some war stories, if you have them, <laughs> uh, of where you've used this, um, you know, the design sprint methodology with clients and have seen yeah. some, you know, some really fantastic results. Yeah. Um, do you know, I'm going to carry on the theme that I just talked about in terms yeah. of, uh, of realizing quickly that something might not be the best idea. Um, and I can talk, I, I can't share names because of confidentiality. Of course, of, of course. course, of course. But I worked with a, a really interesting client and these, uh, this was a small organization um, and we had the two founders um, in the room who were actively involved in the running of the organization. And they had a very, very successful solution um, to an HR need. And it right. was doing absolutely fantastically well. Lots of really, um, really reliable um, clients doing repeat work. But they wanted to innovate and they wanted to create a new product. And they had an idea and they wanted to test this idea out. So we ran yeah. a design sprint for them. And actually what the design sprint showed us was that the idea wasn't really meeting any particular need. Nobody really needed it. And the reason that they didn't need it was because they already had a system in place using the client's existing solution. They, that was so integral to them that by using the new solution, it would almost cannibalize it. Right. So was was this a classic situation where it was somebody's pet project? I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Potentially. <laughs> potentially. Now, actually, that's not to say that the whole thing was a complete waste of time because what came out of it was that the original idea didn't really hold water, mm. but there was a, an essence, a nugget of a brilliant idea in there 
that just needed to be done slightly differently. Right. And so with that client, what we actually did was run two design sprints back to back. So we took the yeah. output of that original design sprint and ran yeah. a second one, which um, I call uh, is it, sort of known as an iteration sprint and ran that straight afterwards. And that allowed us to take those learnings, which were so important and turn them into information for a new product, one that we didn't even know we needed yeah. at the start of the process. Um, right. So you could say the first design sprint was a, a, a huge failure, but actually that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to validate ideas. Yeah. And finding out that they're bad ideas is just as important as finding out that they're good ideas because then you're not going to waste your time developing something that nobody needs. Exactly. Exactly. Do that in four days instead of in six months. That's a huge win. I can, I can think of a few instances where I wished I'd done a design sprint <laughs> first. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could have designed sprint my life. <laughs> I could have avoided a lot of things I didn't want oh, to do. <laughs> brilliant. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so that that you know, that's one outcome is that it tells you something's a, a bad idea. Actually, then run run another design sprint, and you'll get somewhere. Um, Another um, really successful use of a design sprint um, was working with actually a large financial services company quite recently on yeah. a marketing campaign. Um, now, if you think of the kind of environment that we're, we're working in at the minute with a cost of living crisis and property market, um, all of these things are very, very volatile and it's very difficult for people to know what to do. So financial services organizations, which are probably some of the biggest ships to try and turn. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they really need to start embracing um, these methodologies uh, so much more within their organizations. But this particular building society came to me to ask um, for a design sprint to be run. And actually, we, we did it as a hackathon. So we have four design sprints running oh, wow. in parallel, all by different teams, all facilitated by, uh, by one of the team. And they, they ran these sprints to try and create a solution to young people getting on the housing ladder. Oh, right. Okay, and entering the housing market. And it was phenomenal. It was so successful that the, the ambition at the start of the sprint um, or the start of the hackathon was that only one idea would get taken forward. So the CEO, yeah. the CEO would choose yeah. the winning team and their idea would be taken forward. Actually, all four ideas had so much merit within them and so much incredible content generation yeah. that um, all of the concepts are being used in some way as part of the communications through this year for that for that particular building society. Um, and, and and they actually loved it as well, just as a way of working. It was quite funny because we had um, a bit of feedback from uh, one of the, the C-suite, um, and she said to me, 
I can't, she said, I can't explain to you how it feels to see the behaviors that we've seen the last few days. And I was really worried. I was like, oh God, why, what have we done wrong? What did you see? What happened? I'm so sorry. And she said, no, no. Um, we're a building society. People don't normally <laughs> react to things. They just sort of sit and listen and then quietly sneak away. And she said, you had people stood on chairs applauding each other and whooping at each other during the solution presentations. We've never seen that before. And that That's not very British. It's not very British. It's not very British. <laughs> It's certainly not very building society. And, um, but that's what happens when you bring people together and you give them a structure to allow them to participate, to be safe, to share their ideas and to do that in a fun, innovative, engaging Mm. and creative way. And Mm, that's mm. what people are coming to work for. And that's what these processes allow people to do. And it makes such a difference. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds, that that makes it sound really powerful. Oh, and just for our overseas listeners, a building society is similar (laughs) to a bank, but it's actually, instead of having shareholders, you've actually got members and those members are the customers. Uh, and uh, we used to have quite a few in this country, but we're, we've only got a few that that are left, but they do have a particular place in the market, I think. They do, yeah, yes, they do. And, and a unique challenge as well. Um, but I could, t- I could do a whole other podcast on banks versus building societies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, uh, Sarah, thank you so much for taking us through all that. That, That's that's fantastic. I know I've certainly learned more, and we've talked about design sprints in the past, but I've still picked up more from this conversation. So, you know, personally for me, thank you. Um, If our listeners wanted to find out more, how can they they do that? They can go to my website, which is onegiantleap.studio. Um, it, it has some basic knowledge, but it definitely has some ways to get in touch with me. Um, what I like to do is to work with people to create design sprints or workshops that really meet their needs. So they will be based on the core design sprint methodology, but often flexed to yeah. allow it to work within an organization. So. Um, that's the best thing to do. Go to onegiantleap.studio, um, use the, the links on there to get in touch with me. Yeah. And then we can have a, a nice quick chat about what it is that people need and, and how we might be able to help with that. Okay. Sarah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We managed to make it through without the dogs barking, which is always a blessing. <laughs> the, the, the dog walker has just pulled up outside, so I'm waiting for the chaos to start. Okay. All right. Well, I'll sign off here. Um, thank you very much, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Giant Talk. And I shall be back very soon with uh, another interesting conversation around OKRs and all things related to them. Take care now.